Good morning. Good to be here. I want to share just a few things. Uh, first of all, that God did for us in the last couple of weeks. Um, <clears throat> the day after we got to Honduras, the FFA put a stop, grounded all the flights. So that was an answer to That was God's providential guidance in our life as we saw the day we left Honduras they had a local roadblock in Peña Blanca but by God's providential guidance we got out got to our flights in time to get back so that was those were things that we prayed for Um, God was with us we had a very good time very good trip just to put it shortly in short terms it's not really what I was going to talk about today. Um, <clears throat> I'd like to preach out of Colossians chapter 1. And I'm not going to go through the whole chapter today, I don't think, because there are so many things in there that I probably won't have time to do it. As I was reading uh, thinking about sharing for today, I thought at first that I was going to share out of another chapter, but I just didn't really have a a clearing to do it. And so, um, but this one here in Colossians, I feel uh, this is where God would have me to share today. So I'm going to read from verse 1 to verse 14. And then I'll go back and we'll kind of go down and I'll pick out some, some points that have been a blessing to me and I want you to I want you to know that um, I, I'm not sure sometimes when I go start talking about some of the things that are precious to me I want you to know that the word of God is absolute And so, what that means, you can absolutely base your life on it. There are some absolute do's and don'ts. It's just, it's it's a blessing to me. I I enjoy it. I when I when I read it, some sometimes it's better than other times. But when I read it, and God inspires my heart. And puts a living hope in me. That I'm thankful for. And I probably don't give him my due respect back. But I will say I... I'm thankful to be a child of God. I'm thankful that He's been gracious with me. He's been patient with me. And still is because I, I see things in my own life that I know are not do not line up with His character. Um, but that's not my life. My life is Christ. 
And my hope is in Him. And we all have a daily opportunity to come to God and ask for forgiveness. And, you know, maybe you say, well, you shouldn't have to do that. But I'm going to be honest with you. I have to ask for forgiveness from people and from my Heavenly Father. So, that's a little bit of an introduction. I'd like to... One of the things I was thinking about, talking about, is the theme of the inseparable link between faith and practice. What I mean by that is... Um, if the gospel doesn't affect our life, if the gospel that you and I claim to, 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 to be a part of our life doesn't change, affect and change our life, it's not, what, it's not the gospel in the Bible. It's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that it's going to change our life. Um, it will change our life. And I know we know that. We believe that. But I want to, I want to this morning just remind you of, uh, remind you of that. Because it's, it's hope. We, we know we, it's our hope. We know we live a life. We live our life and sometimes we go through rough times and sometimes we go through dry seasons. Um, I don't think that's necessarily abnormal. But I think God wants us to, to be intentional about our walk with him. So, let's start reading. I, Paul, an apostle of, of Christ Jesus, by the will of God. I just now, you know, you, you know when, when I read something like this, I realize that, you know, Paul didn't say, I, an apostle of Jesus Christ, or Christ Jesus, by my own will. He said it was by the will of God. That in itself is something that is solid and stable. Something that if you put your hope on it, that you realize that it's God's will that I come to Him. It's God's will. He's the one that invites us. That can be an encouragement to us when we feel down and out or dry. And God is inviting you today to come to Him. I don't care what your situation is. The invitation is to come to Him. It was by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae. Grace to you and peace from God our Father. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints. And because... The love that you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up in he- for you in heaven. Of this you have heard before in the word of truth, the gospel, which has come to you as indeed in the whole world, and it is bearing fruit and increasing. So the title of the message today is Bearing Fruit and Increasing. That's what he said about the Colossians. I, I think if you and I walk faithfully with God, we will be bearing fruit 
and we will be increasing. And we'll talk more about that later. As it also does among you since the day you heard it, since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth, just as you learned it from Ephaphras, I'm not sure if I pronounced that right, our beloved fellow servant, he is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and has made known to to us your love in the Spirit. And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking you, asking that you be filled with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So here's the points that I'd like to talk about. And I, I, don't, I, I don't know if I'll get to, to all of them. <clears throat> In fact, I, I'm, I'm not going to get to all of them. But I'm going to go down over this. It says, uh, bearing fruit and increasing, as it says here, the grace of God in truth. I want to look at that. And love in the Spirit. We want to look at that. Filled with the knowledge of His will. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And then number five is so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. And that's probably about as far as we'll get today. But it says after that it says fully pleasing to him. I believe one of the one of the most secure things for a believer is when he's fully convinced fully persuaded, fully satisfied that he's accepted in the beloved. That that relationship between him and Jesus or him and God is clear and open and free. It's one of the most satisfying, one of the most stabilizing things in a person's life, I believe. When that is, when he's fully aware of that. It does a lot of things for us. <laughs> we don't have to try to prove anything anymore, you know. That's most of the men's problems that you're trying to prove things. Us men. But we don't have to do that anymore. And it's probably the same way for ladies. I don't know for sure. but um. So, let's start with bearing fruit and increasing. I turn to John chapter 15. It talks about that. 
But I think John chapter 15, uh, I'm going to read verse 1 to verse 11. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes it. He prunes every branch that does bear fruit. He prunes that it may bear more fruit. And so, if you're a, a believer this morning... If, if you're a Christian, a child of God, according to this scripture, God either has or he will prune your life. And if he has, he will probably keep on doing it. And I'm not really familiar with pruning because I don't, I'm not a, I'm not a, a vine dresser. But I know you cut off some branches. And the reason you, it, the reason they cut them off is not because they're dead necessarily. They cut them off so that they bear more fruit. And sometimes that cutting is painful in, in, in our own lives. And so, um, and we don't like pain. <laughs> and so we try to steer away from it as much as we can, whether it's form some kind of theology that, you know, takes us away from that. Or do, you know, we, we just try to steer away from it. We're in, we're, we live in a society that is, that is uh, kind of under the heading of entitlement. And we feel, you know, we, a lot, we, we tend to think that uh, we're entitled to uh, a nice life. Uh, after all, we're Christians. We're entitled to a good life. And I'm not suggesting we try to make our life miserable. But what I am saying is that if you're a believer... There's going to be a process in your life, a pruning process from God. It's, 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 that's what it says here. But I, wanted to, I want to show you that when that happens, it's not that God is upset with you. He's training you because He wants fruit from your life. Even if, even if you're getting fruit, even if He's already getting fruit, from your life. He wants more. That's what he says. That's what Jesus said. I'm the vine. That I am the true vine. And my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit. He takes away. And every branch. That does bear fruit. He prunes it. That it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean. Because of the word. That I have spoken to you. Abide in me. And I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself. <clears throat> I used to go to a, a, a prison 
uh, on a weekly basis in, when we lived in Ohio. And I don't know how many individuals that I talked to that were in prison that said they don't want to believe God because something bad happened to me. <clears throat> and so they came to this place where um, what they called bad, but it could have been. And, you know, you could sit there and listen to stories all day long. But <clears throat> it happens to all of us. We live in a fallen world. We live in a, in a world that's, that's it's not perfect. You know, there's a new one coming. We're getting the new earth is, is going to be it's in the future. And so for now, God wants you and I to live, and, and He's going to prune us as we live with Him. As we walk with Him, there's going to be a, the process of pruning going on. And sometimes it'll hurt. Sometimes it's going to be, you're going to be disappointed. <clears throat> but that's why we have the Word of God. And you can subject yourself to the Spirit of God and allow Him to guide you. <clears throat> One thing He will do, He was going to... If you allow that, there'll be a, God will give you a peace. Uh, I'm not exactly sure if this is a verse or if it's just a, a song that we used to sing. Um, yeah, I think it's a song maybe. I have a peace the world can't take it away because the world didn't give it to me. This, <laughs> maybe that's a song. I'm not exact. I don't know if that's a verse or not. It just came to my mind. But it's true. <clears throat> I think Jesus said, it was Jesus that said, peace I leave with you, peace I give you, something like that. Not as the world gives, give I to you. I think that's what it says. Not sure where that is. But anyhow, that is what God will give you. He will guide you. He said, the spirit of truth, when he's come, he will lead us, guide us into all truth. You can have that confidence. And in that guiding, there, there may be disappointments. Don't get discouraged because of it. Don't. And if you get disappointed, learn where to go to find some comfort, some strength. <clears throat> it's been that way all through the ages with, with uh, the saints of old. Uh, they've had disappointments. If you read through the... the the chapter Hebrews chapter eleven, it it tells you about them in there. <clears throat> okay, so you are clean because of the word I have spoken to you in John fifteen. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. It's a settled fact. You can't bear fruit unless you abide in Christ. There's really no point in trying to get away from that. I mean, it's just the way it is. We might as well accept it. Walk with Him. Enjoy the ride. That's what He wants us to do. Enjoy the ride. Neither can you unless you abide in Me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in Me and I in Him, He it is. That bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. 
If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And we've seen, we've seen that too. We've seen people that didn't abide in the vine and their life withered away. And the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. And if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you. That my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. That's powerful. It really is. From verse 1 down to verse 11. Do you have a full joy this morning? What really, how really do you see the Christian life? Do you see it as something that's, I have to do that? Did you have to go to church this morning? Do you have to be nice? (laughs) Do you have to put on the fruits of the Spirit? No, you don't have to. The fruit of the Spirit, and like it says in Galatians, love, joy, peace. It's a fruit. You know, fruit is something that naturally grows from a vine. Fruit is something that naturally grows, is the outflow of a believer's heart when he is in right relationship with God. And more fruit is produced by pruning. So don't despise the pruning that God puts in your life. Or don't despise the pruning that, that God does in your life because he wants more fruit out of your life and mine. Galatians chapter 5, it says, Paul says, the fruit of the Spirit, and this is what will be produced in a believer that walks faithfully with God. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. It says, against such there is no law. That person is not under the law. (laughs) 
In Hebrews chapter 12, let me find that verse quickly and I'll read it to you because, again, it is an encouragement to me because of God's heart for us. says in Hebrews chapter 12, I want to read from, I think I'll read from verse 1 on for a little bit. It says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, and the witnesses it's talking about is in chapter 11 of Hebrews, it says, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. We have that thought again. Abiding in Jesus. Abiding in the vine. Laying aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance. The Christian life is going to take endurance. It's going to take a laying aside weights. What are some of the weights that I face or that you face? The weights of daily life that tend to want to take over your attention or your your focus. Take your focus off of Christ. Sometimes we just need to be willing to lay those aside. I've found that the Christian life if if we're going to be successful in our walk, if we're going to be yeah, successful, I don't know how else to say it. If we're going to be a joyful Christian, we need to be, we'll have to be intentional about it. Because there's so many demands on life that if you're not intentional, you'll be going this way and then that way and then next thing you know, our, your schedule is so full of things that Take us away from Christ if we're not careful. So you need to be intentional. <clears throat> I can tell you how to be intentional if you want. <laughs> if you want me to. It simply means to focus on Christ. You'll be disappointed sometimes, but... <clears throat> I don't know how many of you like do's and don'ts, but if you really are serious about being intentional with Christ, when you wake up in the morning, you, you think about Him. You spend time with, with Him. You open your heart to Him. When you're running a jag during the day, you pray. 
You ask God to guide you. You know, I've done both, and I still do sometimes. Sometimes when the first thing I get up in the morning, I start thinking about my day ahead of me. And if I'm not careful, I, I neglect Christ. Sometimes I get up in the morning and I, you know, the first thing I, well, the first thing I do is get a cup of coffee ready. And then I sit on my easy chair and I, I love to do that. But, you know, I love to focus on, I love to have my heart at rest, focused. It, It just helps me. It helps me live my life. It helps me to live a better life, be honest with you. And that's the time when you lay aside weights. Sometimes there's weights that want to take over, but you lay aside weights and you allow Christ to fill your heart. That's how you run the race. And I know... When we had ten children, it wasn't as easy as it is now. When we had ten children to take care of, it wasn't as easy as it is now. So, some of you have little children that demand your attention. I I get it. I understand that. Um, But God is never going to give you ask you to do something that He won't also give you the grace to do it to walk through it. I'm convinced of that. So I just want to encourage you with that. Be willing to lay aside and focus on Christ because he rightly demands fruit from your life. He rightly desires fruit from your life because you and I are actually um, probably some of the closest thing that the world will see of God. That You know, you're really, we, we probably are. So think about that. Okay, the next thing I want to talk about is the grace of God in truth. That was an interesting, that's an interesting point. The grace of God in truth. Let me go back to Colossians and just read that, read over that again. Paul said it this way. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray, pray for you since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven of this you have heard before in the word of truth the gospel which has come to you as indeed in the whole world and it is bearing fruit and increasing as also as it also does among you since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth. The grace, the word grace has the thought of favor. Um, 
You know, I thought about, you know, I mentioned earlier that we live in a society that is, that has an uh, entitlement, entitlement mentality. And so because of that, we, we stand in jeopardy, I'll just say it that way, of taking things out of context from the Word of God so that we can live a life that is not according to the Bible, but we, we, put, uh, but we can put the, uh, the label of Christianity. And uh, that, that's why I think um, we can put the label of Christianity on it. Let me read a verse in Jude. There are a couple of verses. In Jude verse 3, Paul said this, and he was, it was a judgment on false teachers that were teaching the grace of God that is not, as it was not something that, it was the grace, it was a grace that is not taught or exemplified by Jesus. In Jude 3, verse 3, Beloved, although I was very eager to write to you about our common salvation, I found it necessary to write, a, I found it necessary to write appealing to you to contend for the faith. And I would like to suggest that we live in a, that we live in a, uh, a time or an era when we need to contend for the faith. And the reason I say that is because there's so many, there are so many preachers and Bible teachers that will, you, you, can, you can go into, you can go to YouTube and find just about anything you want. To endorse about any lifestyle that you want, whether it's all the way from homosexuality to um, just just all kinds of wickedness. That's not according to what Jesus taught. And so he said, uh, it looks to me like maybe they had some of these things going on in, in Jude when, when Paul was teach, was, was, uh, wrote this letter to him. He said, Beloved, although I was very eager to write to you about our common salvation, I found it necessary to write appealing to you to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered and delivered to the saints, for certain people have crept in unnoticed, who long ago were designated for this condemnation, ungodly people who pervert who pervert the grace of our God into sensuality and deny our only Master and Lord Jesus Christ. So I think what he's saying, these people were teaching a grace that and grace is, has the thought of favor. They were teaching a grace of our God it says they pervert the grace of our God into sensuality. 
and by doing that, deny our only Master and Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says that God disciplines every son that he receives. I don't think we need to be afraid that God's not going to do the job right. He's going to get the job done. But I do believe that there needs to be a reverential fear of God in our hearts so that we don't misconstrue what He wants to work in our life. I think I think the work of the church is to get to get people from point A to point B. Or yeah, to I think I think the work of the church is I think I'm not I'm not so concerned about the people that come into the church but there needs to be a a changing from from holiness to holiness because that's the work of the spirit from sanctification to sanctification a progression you know you know if if god if god is not working that in our hearts i question whether we are really in contact with with God, if we're really walking with Him. And, you know, sometimes we have, uh, I mean, I've had them. I mean, we probably all have them. We have these buttons that, you know, when you hit a certain button, there's a flare-up of humanity or pain or hurt or whatever it may be. And I'm not saying it shouldn't be there. I'm saying God wants to take it away. That's what I am saying. But um, what I am saying is, if we are lovers of the truth, should should we maintain or keep... Having those buttons that bring out the insecurities. We are lovers of truth. And God wants to take those things away from us. And God wants to heal, do the the healing, wants to heal those things. I believe that so that we live in a, not in a a mode of reaction, but rather uh, an objective goal that we're working towards and that is to demonstrate the love of God to the humanity around us so that's my desire for that the grace of God it tells us in Titus chapter 2 I'm going to turn to that Here's the grace of God. In Titus chapter 2, verse 11. 
For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. All people. Training us. This is what the grace of God does. It trains us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions. And I know we live, we live in, a society, in a society that we are so influenced by what we see with worldly passions. I mean, we can't help it. We just are. And so <clears throat> our reference point needs to be what the Bible teaches, not by what we see or experience even but by what the Bible teaches. <clears throat> or what the grace of God teaches us. Because if you're living, if you're walking with God, the grace of God is going to be in your life. It's going to be teaching you things about daily life. Things you do every day. And he's going to train us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, <laughs> upright, and godly lives in this present age. That's what it says. That's pretty clear. And we're going to do that as we're waiting for the blessed... for as. Yeah, let me read that. Upright and godly lives in the present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. That is what the grace of God is going to teach you and I. If, we, if we're walking with God, He's going to t- be teaching us those things. waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself for himself. He's purifying us for himself. A people for his own possession who are zealous of good works. So if the grace of God is training you, you're going to be zealous for good works. You find that to be your experience this morning. That you're zealous for good works. And then he tells Titus, declare these things, exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no one disregard you. (laughs) That's my job. It's my job to live that way. It's my job to 
Declare these things which I'm doing to exhort and rebuke with all authority. I'm not rebuking you. I don't really feel like I need to. But I want to encourage you. I want to show you what the Bible says. I want to encourage you to live that way. Because it will be for your benefit. It really will be for your benefit. So I encourage you to live by the grace of God. The grace of God in truth, as it says in Colossians. And has made known to you to us back in Colossians. He is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and has made known to us your love in the spirit. So they were loving. They had a love in the spirit. <clears throat> the Bible says God so loved the world in John 3:16. God so loved the world that he gave And if you're living by the grace of God, the true grace of God, um, I think you will have a, I think, I think God will, wants to give us a heart to give, whether it's of our talents. Remember the, the parable of the talents, the one that only had one talent, the one that had Two or three, and the other one had five. The one that had one wanted to go and bury it, hide it, so he could preserve it and keep it. That's not God's heart. God's heart is to give, for us to give of our talents. To bless, to expand the kingdom, the kingdom of God. God so loved the world in John 3.16. That's, that's still... That message is still as powerful today as it was when it was first introduced. God so loved the world in John 3.16 that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. And so, um, God is also going to put those that walk in Him, walk with Him, He's going to put that desire to give, to expand the kingdom. Back over in chapter 3, verse 12. It says... Uh, Put on, then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, and bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. That's how we're supposed to live together amongst each other. Um, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive and above all these put on love 
that binds everything together in perfect harmony and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful. It's beautiful. But it's our calling as believers. And I didn't get through my message. I think I'm going to stop there. Um, So how am I going to close this? Bearing fruit and increasing. My heart is to that we would be able to do that. I think it's God's heart more than it is ours that we would be fruit bearers and ever increasing in bearing fruit. So I'm going to leave that with you and I'll turn the time over to Luke. God bless you.